This is the 71st episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt. With me, as always, are my dear co-hosts Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, everybody. Good evening, friends. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found every week on the TopTicked app. This episode, we will talk paper legacy for a bit and then gather the Legacy Staple Connoisseur panel again to talk about a five-drop Yes, people, it is time for that card. First, though, Robin, how was your week in Legacy? Well, I had a lesson, so to say. I brought the 60-card hamster pile, four-color Uro hamsters and uh, endurances to the local game store. And I was matched up against our resident combo player that played elves in the finals. So I thought, ah... This is a learning experience. Maybe I will get uh, wrecked by elves or maybe I will learn how to deal with that deck. But he was surprisingly on Death's Shadow instead. And uh, he managed to win 2-0 against me. The second game was kind of interesting because he he had two Death's Shadows in play and was hellbent. And I actually had, had two prismatic endings in my hand but only one white mana. And uh, I had an Uro that I could escape... And the shadows were not... They were like 3-3s three, three, so or something like that. And uh, so I escaped the Uro instead of killing one of the shadows. And he ripped a Street Wraith and a Fetch. <laughs> Man. And the shadows grew very big and he could strike for lethal. Yeah, that's... Like, uh, that matchup... Or not matchup, that deck is so swingy. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a super cool deck. I, I love it. And and I and I also like like the the inclusion of dress down in that deck to to make those ninja thirteen thirteens out of your shadows. That's yeah, cool. that is directly ported from modern. I think yeah, uh, it's just such a nasty tech. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like whoever thought of that, good job. I remember the times when you would look at Death Shadow, and this was back when I was playing modern, and everyone would be like, it would be so fantastic if it sort of if we actually were able to to sort of put this and break this in a deck wouldn't Mm. that be so cool and people tried it sort of every once in a while you would have some guy show up with the meme sort of death shadow deck and be like oh that's cute that's nice and you would sort of beat the hell out of them that's not the case anymore this card is is real now and uh, i'm here for it i also remember the first time i played against the deck that was in modern uh, many years ago, uh, like 10 plus years ago. And I remember stomping my opponent and then like half a year later we played again. And he, like the same player was still on the deck, but now it had up upgrades like teamer, that teamer uh, battle rage or whatever it is. Mm. And, you know, dress down kind of does that while can tripping and pitches to force. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just nasty. Great what, do th- what do you think about the, like a death shadow means can boo fling your shadow? Jund <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> Minsk shadow. <laughs> yeah. Try End of turn dress down, untap, <laughs> play Minsk and fling your 13 13. That's lovely. That's going to happen. All right. So after that loss, I was paired against another strong player, Andreas the Hope Huberg. And he surprisingly also was on Blue Red Delver. <laughs> What's going on? And he schooled me how that matchup is is played out, and uh, yeah, I lost 
zero to die to a price of progress if i remember correctly in game two seems likely how many basics do you play <laughs> <laughs> i was actually playing two but i think it was sort of greedy to to not play one or zero because like the the deck is four color for real like yeah and it's still like even if you have two uh two basics in the deck like price is still gonna be such a beating <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you need so much mana to keep up with their card advantage. Like if, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want to you want to like play Narset, find your means can boo, something like that, and play it the same term. That's a seven mana spell. And they're like, I'm on three mana and doing approximately the same power level Equal, of things. Yeah, <laughs> equally powerful things. Yeah. And it's like you also want to get to uh, you know, Uro and escape Uro mana. Yeah. Are your basics an island or a forest, or is it an island and a? It's a island place? and plains because it's it's basically just to have a chance against Blood Moon. Yeah. So escaping Uro is at least six points of pop damage. Then yeah, that's nasty. I think as the meta is now, I don't really need the basics anymore because, like Andreas, for for instance, is is obviously playing Delver now, <laughs> and uh, our other like uh, local uh, mono red stompy hero, he has not surprisingly switched to uh, mono white initiative instead. Of course. So like, there's there's no blood moons to be seen. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's great. So then I was matched up against another player who is uh, usually... He's been playing a lot of Doomsday lately and in the past he's playing a lot of uh, Food Chain and sometimes uh, Maverick-esque decks. So that was what I was expecting. But also he was like on a surprise deck today and played DNT. And those games became so grindy. In, in game one I decided not to care about the Vile because he had two Vials out and I thought that like... With two vials, he's two cards down. It's a card disadvantage card. And he doesn't have so much going for him. So I'll just deal with the threats. But then Yorion came off the board as it does. And the value train was just insane. And he just ran over me because I only have like one for one trades <laughs> with my in, in my main deck and uh, really hard time to protecting the planeswalkers because I don't have a lot of blockers. So that was kind of rough and, and game two was uh, in a similar fashion as I should say. Are you playing any sweepers? In the board I play two Kosilex return but the main deck is only plows and endings and I, I think that maybe you should play like one terminus and or something like that. Yeah, I've I've seen uh, Terminus and Entreat coming back in style. And I think both of them are quite reasonable against the initiative meta that might be swarming us. Yeah, I, I feel like the deck is is way too threat light because especially against Caracas decks, which is DNT and also like the contr- all the control decks, because both your Uro and your Minskin Boo are sort of susceptible to Caracas. Of course you play a few wastelands to deal with them. But if they have some recursion or more Caracas than one, which DNT has, it, it can be really tough to keep threats in play. And if you don't have threat, you can't defend your planeswalkers and then your like whole card advantage engine just runs out. So Of, of course you play a few wastelands in your four-color deck that can barely support one basic 2022. Yeah, of course. Well, well when you decide to, to make your entire threat suit legendary, you sort of need that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be pithing needles, I guess. <laughs> Have you reached a point when you're when you draw a seven and there are free Uro in there? <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, yeah, that, that happens. I've, I've been there. Uh, shares for that. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I know that feeling. You're looking at your <laughs> starter and it's like all the Uros. You're like, it's legendary. <laughs> I guess these are just going to be explore for free mana. <laughs> yeah. But like against some players, they will just like sword sit on site and then you will get value of your second and third. <laughs> Pay three mana, gain six life super awesome yeah so i was actually thinking that i would probably get the buy and uh, i will go home early and have uh, a little chat with my wife when i come home and all of that but apparently people dropped and we were equal numbers of players and i get matched paired up obviously against uh, a blue scene deck and uh, here my luck turned and i actually managed to play a little bit better like we had this dance with caracas and wastelands and minsk and boost which both played it was blue blasts and it was red blasts and it was you know all that thing that is going on in the in the control mirrors nowadays this is everything I love, like super grindy matchups, both are trying to get their value engine going, but it's not like, it's not easy to enable all of those things. And when both people, like the blue Zenith, you have tons of interaction, they have tons of interaction. So like, that's that's my happy place when I think about what I, what types of games I really enjoy. It's like equally matched decks, incremental value gain over 10 turns. That's like what I really enjoy. Yeah, and, and I was I was a little bit scared against this deck because I thought like the scene it package is going to be really scary. Like if he has random web excavator and wastelands of his own, my mana base is totally like screwed against that. Or maybe he has like Leovold and other problematic permanents. But as it came down to, we just like we tried to resolve Uro, then we both had endurances to like keep the other player off Uro and it ended up with like who who could resolve a Minsk and Boo and keep it on the table and that managed I managed to do that more times than him and thus I could take the game down so it was uh, not very like uh, good results for me I, I, I won one game out of four I, I faced some really good opponents and they played much better with their decks than I did with mine so it was a learning experience I think yeah, you're still quite new to the deck, so it's just, uh, you know, getting getting a feel for things. Yep. But yeah, like Baldur's Gate uh, Commander has really put some powerful free and four drops into Legacy. Like right now, all of the talk is about the initiative cards, but Minsk and Boo is also one hell of a card. It's also from that set. I saw a nice card that Dukes on Twitch were playing in this uh, Naya Maverick deck. It's, it's a new Naya four drop. I think it was a 4-5 or something like that with haste and lifelink and trample. Something like that. I think that card is probably decent against the initiative deck because it's it's a hasty, like, you will connect with it. And uh, it should be pretty good with Minsk and Boos because you can pump it with plus. Like, you, you need a creature oh, with cool. either trample or haste to be able to Oh, yeah, yeah, it. that's right. Yeah, that sounds like a scary creature. Yeah. So what about you, Christopher? You had other engagements than playing last week. Is this true? Yeah, yeah. So I had a I had a super tight deadline in school the day after at noon. When I was looking at my deck that I was going to bring, I was sitting doing some, you know, things for the submission. And I realized that one of my two solutions was completely wrong. And I was like, oh, man. So I, I, I was like, I have to cancel. And fix this but this first day i'll be gaming well you'll be back next week and we look forward to that
Okay, now let us reopen our art segment, the Legacy Stable Connoisseur panel again, where we discuss which art is the best for certain Legacy staples. In this episode, we have arrived at Force of Will, originally printed in, of course, Alliances. Uh, funny enough, little story here at my local game store at the time, Force of Will was considered an underwhelming card like this was not so good in that cycle contagion was the much more interesting uh, all-star card and this was partly due to you know necropotence being uh, the by far best deck but also because if you played type 2 which was standard at the time you had to have at least i think four or five cards from each legal set in your 75 and of course some of the sets were way weaker so you had to sort of pick the best cards from them and if you wanted to play black you played contagion so force of will to date has seven different arts printed but it took 15 years before uh, between the first printing and the second printing uh, second art which also was an oversized card at first later on mtgo exclusive and finally made a judge promo in 2014. Since then though we have accelerated. Incidentally also the original printing is just about twice as expensive now as it was in 2011 when the first when the second uh, art was published. Whatever we care about the art, art first and foremost. Christopher would you like to kick us off with uh, your suggestion for the best force of will? Sure sure. But before we get into that, it's quiz time. Yes, we yes, have mentioned, finally. We have mentioned Contagion and we have mentioned Force of Will. What are the last three in the cycle? Oh man, this I used to know. I think I know this. So one is, is pyro- Pyrokinesis. 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 Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the red one played it in painter it's definitely been outmatched by fury now mm-hmm. yes <laughs> but uh, sure. uh, like until the printing of fury it was ca- kind of decent yeah you yeah. could have a one-off or two-off yeah like uh, in a painter sideboard you just really need to get some things out of the way and now you can do that i don't know like easier yeah like it does practically the same but it's one mana less to cast and uh, you know having a free free double strike is not terrible if Hmm. you get to that stage it's great on the board am i gonna assume that the rest is uh, out of its uh, like it's gonna come to me so hard when you say it but i'm not gonna ninja google this Give us, give us the white one. The white one is stars of uh, scars of the veteran. I have no memories of this place. Oh, it prevents damage. It prevents damage. Yeah, it prevents damage to target creature player. Seven, seven damage. Okay. For each one damage <laughs> to a creature prevented by scars of the veteran, put a plus zero plus one counter on that creature. Oh. At the end of turn, it's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> a say? lot of text. Shit. Bounty of the Hunt is the green one. Right. And uh, yeah, you just uh, put three counters, one one counters, distributed in any way among creatures you control. And then remove these counters at the end of the That turn. one is so, so weak. <laughs> yeah, like if the last part wouldn't have been on it, it would have been still bad, but not <laughs> super bad. Oof. Now it's like a pitch... It's like Invigorate, but you lose a card. and <laughs> It's like Invigorate, but white. <laughs> yeah, Invigorate, but white. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's let's dive into to my Force of Will. And, you know, it's not the art I imagine, 
when I think about Force of Will, like my pick. Yeah, I've always been on alliances, and whenever I close my eyes, it will always be the Force of Will I picture. And the reason why I picked the Force that I did today, it's, according to me, the first Force of Will that doesn't feel like it either could be a Hydroblast, because a lot of the arts are blue countering red. It's not also an overpowerful spell without any form of drawback. Like, the thing that tilts me the most with a lot of these new Force of Will iterations or like permutations, like new printings, it's when the flavor text is cocky in a really weird way, like super dismissive or I'm super powerful. Force of Will is like a desperation card for me. It's like I need my plan to go through at the cost of one life and a blue card, which is a real cost. So my pick is from the Dominaria Remastered. And it's the Borderless Force of Will by Richard Kane Ferguson. It is a Force of Will that shows the cost of using the spells for its pitch costs, as it looks like the torn, uh, like the pages of this mage's tome is literally being ripped out as a means to cast a spell. And besides this, the artwork is giving me a very strong Berserk vibe, which is, according to me, the best-drawn manga in existence. It's extremely hard to compete with, so I'll always have a weak spot for this style. What I also like about this is, this is a counterspell that would suit very well in Miracles or other control decks. Like, uh, the, if you just look at the art, there's a, a lot going on. And the picture isn't the classical blue versus uh, red. This is someone that looks a bit, you know, high priest, mage-like, conjuring a spell at the cost of the tome that he's using. It kind of looks like he's doing this with a lot of conviction, with, you know, like, very, like, iron will, the righteous being doing your game plan as you intended and i just think like the art on this is so cool and i just really like it so it might not be a force of will that i will ever play but art wise this wins for me what do you guys think i like it quite a lot and i think you make a good argument for it i haven't really studied this picture closely before and as you say it's obviously that they are pitch pitching a blue cantrip here <laughs> because reading the book is what the cantrips cantrips are all about you are digging in into your uh, your memory or your like possibilities when you're pondering for instance yeah it, it's really cool and i can also see this being played in in uh, in a blue control deck i'm actually considering getting more force of wills so that i can have a, a third blue deck sleeve up at the same time and and this is a good candidate for that this card isn't out yet it was spoiled uh, very recently so it's a bit controversial pick for me i think the set releases uh, on new year's eve even mm. so what do you think victor no i think this is this is a win this is uh i totally buy your reasoning here and i think it's also I mean, I, i'm not gonna repeat what robin said i basically agree with him but i think it's also gives me the vibe that for the first time this is a blue black force of will so to speak, like every other force of will, like the, the, the wizards, the magicians, people in these pictures are usually on the side of good somehow, or sort of you have uh, their protagonist in a story that you're telling with your deck, whereas the Richard Kane Ferguson wizard of his force of will, this person does not look to be the nicest, nor having the best intentions, rather they are willingly, knowing the cost, sacrificing their magic tome 
in order to cast a very powerful spell. This ups the ante, I think, for Force of Will going forward, because Force of Will have always been kind of disappointed in the art. Like, none of the Force of Will art has sort of, you know, been like, wow, this is so great. But this here tells a completely different story. And, I mean, can we just applaud Richard Kane Ferguson's return to, to do magic art. I mean, everything that he touches, uh, you know, turns to gold, basically. But this one here is, if I was to ever start playing blue and uh, had won the lottery, I would uh, definitely look into picking these up. You said something really nice there, like this might be the first kind of malicious force of will. And I, I, I like that. Like I mentioned, I really appreciate uh, that it's not blue versus red because we've seen that so many times. And I love the original, but out of nostalgia. Like, the picture isn't great, but it is Force of Will. What about you, Robin? What art did you choose? Man, you know, I I, I like the, the the original printings of most cards, and, and especially those that are this old. So I'm going to stick with the original Therese Nielsen art from Alliances, which, I mean... I, I think it's it's great. It it certainly depicts the frustration <laughs> that you that you have when you play this card. It's it, as you say, it, it's it's not the counter magic that marks a, a statement of power uh, as when you play a counter spell. That's like like you tapped four mana. I'm going to say no by tapping two mana. We trade one for one, but I am in control of this this game. That is sort of the the thing that you send when you play a counter spell. But when you play a force of will, it's like I'm going to lose. If this card enters the battlefield I need to get rid of it now it's going to cost me in the long run but I need to do it and I think that the the original art sort of depicts that frustration like it's burning all around and it's like just the sheer the force of will as as the card name is is like this needs to stop I'm going to die otherwise so I, I think it's it's a it's a great art for for that sort of desperation move that force of will actually is then when you tap it for five mana it's another story <laughs> but that's that <laughs> That's the alternate cost. Oh, man. But that's also very, uh, you know, willful. When you tap that five mana, you know you're Then in you a survive good place to five mana, then time. you're in good place as the blue deck of the. No, but I would say, like, this is. If there is one card that you would sort of whip out to sort of represent legacy, this art of Force of Will is that card. Hands yeah, down. Yeah, I completely agree. And that, that sort of. That's enough for me to sort of. It has. I mean, I think in some ways it's a card that's even more iconic than Black Lotus because. This is played in so many decks in a way that sort of... Because, you know, Black Lotus is an auto-included in a vintage deck, basically. But that's because it's a Black Lotus. It sort of... It it doesn't hold... Like, this card holds, like, such a significant essence of Mm. the legacy format. Which I don't think any other card really gets close to doing. Not even the other staples that we talked about. You know, Brainstorm, Force of Will, Dark Ritual. I mean, they are special. But this one card here is, like... it's, It's the one. Yeah, and I also think like for a lot of new players that maybe wants to start playing Legacy coming from Commander or Modern, seeing this card or like seeing the format, I think even though, you know, Vintage is also a Force of Will format, we usually talk about, you know, Legacy is the Brainstorm format, but I think it's equal parts the Force of Will format. It's the more accessible Mm. Force of Will format. I remember when I had stopped playing Legacy or Magic for a while, and I was just like, man, I should get some cards because I wanted to (laughs) Force of Will again. And it sounds crazy. Like, it didn't matter what deck it was. I wanted to 
pitch something to force and play stupid things. But what I really like about the art, this might be the other, like the actual art doesn't have any blue in it. it the frame fools you. And I think that's a really cool framing because it's a blue card. And if you would ask someone what colors are Force of Will, like the art, I would probably say it's red, yellow, and blue and brown. Mm. But it's zero blue in this. And that's super cool. And I wonder if the Force of Will, like, is it protecting this beast? Is it countering it? Is this the mage that, that's just forcing something through? I don't know. It's very enigmatic. I like this picture. It's a legacy card for sure. Like it's, It has left a legacy. So what about you, Victor? What's your pick? Well, my pick is uh, Therese Nielsen's second stab at this card. The Force of Will from Eternal Masters, card number 49, where Therese Nielsen returns. Really is sort of, for me, this captures magic art direction in between like the 20 years in between these two cards. A little more than that. No, no exactly for release date, 20 years in between these cards. It really shows sort of where magic art direction and I guess sort of fantasy art direction in general has moved to sort of more advanced techniques but also somewhat more streamlined art. Like this art doesn't mm. challenge anyone. The other force of will does challenge you to sort of interpret it. But at the same time, this art is really good. Like it is has... I love how these sort of blue flashes pour down in a circle from these uh, wizards eyes it's it's sort of it's not a sort of a, it's not a mail-in job in this art direction style it's i mean Therese Nielsen has done something with this if you look closer at the portrait of this person you also want to know that story but why i'm picking it primarily is actually this is the force wheel that i think looks best on the table this art looks nice when put in the bin the art works live so to speak i wanted a card with the new border so here we are. What do you think? First off, the art is so beautiful and Therese Nieselin is a great artist, I think. And, w- and when you look at this, this picture closely, I-, I think it's one of the best Force of Will arts as well. Because it it's also depicts this counter magic at its, like, how how, it, how I consider it to, to actually look when it's happening. My problem with this card, I ha- I'm not sure if I have seen it in real life. When I look at it... In a smaller picture, at least. I don't see the person and I don't see what's happening in it. It's just like a blue ball and it's red around it. So that's sort of what why I haven't been liking this art since it was released. Because it, I think it's hard to see what it actually depicts until you look at it more closely. And I think this is true for a lot of the modern art direction. While the older cards are more... They are less subtle, so so to say. They are really easy to spot from afar to see, like, this is a Benelish hero on the on the battlefield. Yeah, this is a Tarmogoyf. Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> In the original <laughs> art, it's unwell. Yeah, but like, the, the, the old cards, they are, they are so naive and not, not complicated. They are so, like, easy to spot. Word of command. Word of command, it's two eyes, like, yeah. Wheel of Fortune, it's it's a Wheel of Fortune on a tree. Uh, No, no, I I agree with you here. I think that that's a good point. The cluttered art, sort of made for promotional purposes, obviously, not only made for being sort of actual functional artwork for cards. Besides the art that I talked about today, this is, uh, like, purely art-wise, my second pick. I think, sure, like, it has functionality, it looks like a counterspell. But what I think this really does well is that it's a celebration to blue magic. There is even the blue mana symbol in front of her hands. 
in a whirlpool where she's countering the spell. It's a very dark picture. What's lighting this up is the blue magic, the thing that's being countered, and those glowing blue eyes. So for me, this is like a pure celebration to blue magic. And for me, at least as of this recording, Legacy is a blue format. Not for long. (laughs) (laughs) Not for long. (laughs) But I actually really like this. And like when I've uh, seen a lot of... uh, banners for Magic the Gathering, like when new sets are being released, you know, Eternal Masters or Double Masters or whatever. When this card is part of that set, this is one of the poster arts for me because it's a celebration to a very beloved card. And I think this is easily recognizable as Force of Will. Which is your least favorite Force of Will? Amonkhet. Amonkhet. Okay. <laughs> close, close second, but it has nothing to do with the art. There's a box tarper version that has really fancy, nice art. The problem with it is that the flavor text completely ruined it for me. This is uh, Double Masters Extra. Yeah, the amateur. Yeah. And this is kind of like what I jabbed at a bit. For me, when you cast Force of Will, you are doing it in distress or to really force something through. Like you really need to get something into play or you'll die or it's a way of winning. And I really think that the artwork for the Double Masters box topper is beautiful. Like all of the colors. Sure, it's the red versus blue that I talked about again. Not not a huge fan of that. But then the, the flavor text is just amateur. And I'm like... Jesus fucking Christ, what a way to ruin a card for me. So yeah, that's my second least favorite. But Ammon Kettle, man, what the hell. But I, I agree on that one being also the, the second worst. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you here. The amateur really destroys everything. But also like this person is holding a sword, some kind of battle mage, but battle mages aren't blue. I'm, I'm not buying it. Flavor loose. Flavor loose, well... That, my friends, is all we have for this week. If you hate our takes on Force of Will or have a suggestion for which staple to discuss next time we gather this panel, you can join our Discord and voice your opinion there. You will find a link in the description for this episode. In addition to Discord, you can hit us up on Twitter at STHLMLegacy. We are also present personally on some social media. Robin, where can our listeners talk about Force of Will with you? You can talk about Force of Will with me on uh, twitter i'm at jacka underscore boo and me you can message me about your favorite alluren art at monolith mtg and i can be found on twitter to talk about dark ritual at disco drogo and that is the end of the 71st episode of stockholm legacy report thank you robinson sealing sophie wikstrom special thanks to you for listening the great friends has as always written our music you can find more of their work on spotify and until our next episode remember not to force your will onto others that is just nasty jedi bullshit